1: We return to Oilers now with you Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you. It's twelve thirty five in Edmonton. Just want to thank Tyler Smith for joining us the survivor of the Humboldt bus crash. Lots of texts have come in on the Ashley Finefloor's text line. Just before we go to Louis DeBrusque, Vic says, uh, Tyler will be an amazing media guy in the future, well-spoken and very confident. Uh, again, you can text us at any time. Uh, another text from Trent B., a former Humboldt resident, thanking the Oilers Community Foundation for their uh, ongoing support of the Humboldt uh, Broncos. Um uh, Tyler mentioned that Sidney Crosby was one of his favorite players, and, uh, K-Gem says, nothing but love for Sid from this Oilers fan. Yeah, not a, not a surprise there. And, uh, this text comes in saying that interview was a class act, uh, with Tyler Bob. And, uh, thank you very much, uh, Beauty. Uh, much appreciated. That comes to us for Max. Again, you can have, uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And, Tonight will be, uh, the Remax 5050 online, uh, available until 11 p.m. tonight. And we encourage fans to purchase the 5050 tickets at EmmettsonOilers.com backslash 5050 with, uh, proceeds going to support equipment and programming for the future Humboldt Tribute Center. Okay. And we've got lots more texts and please don't be insulted. If I couldn't get to them all, I just sort of worked my way through a few. We welcome to the show regular Thursday contributor to Oilers now. Louis de Brusque. Louis is our order now headliner for Wilhawk beef jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W I L H A U K today. We got ourselves a game night. Louis, how you
1: doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good, too. Uh, you know, see, I asked Tyler Smith there just about, you know, watching Connor McDavid, and then he talked about playing against Cale McCarr in the AJHL and how he caught himself watching at times when he's playing against Cale because Cale was such a spectacular, gifted player. And, you know, when the Oilers line up dry-saddle McDavid, uh, it is just something that Ottawa, with the inexperience that they have right now, Louie, they're just challenged to match up with it, aren't they?
1: And I think you could say the same for most teams, to be honest with you, Bob. Um, there's only been a couple of teams that have had some success against that duel um, in regards to shutting them down, making it very difficult for them. And even still, they still get their chances. It's just a matter of whether they're converting on that night or not. And I think that's the game plan, to be honest with you, is most teams that are going up against them. It's not necessarily they they think they can shut them down entirely. It's about trying to limit um, the high-quality chances if you can. But as we saw last night, when they want to start the way they did, I mean, Connor came out of the gates just skating, flying. Same with Leon. You know, that's always an early kind of indication for me with Leon, especially when he's you know, taking that puck through the neutral zone with speed and getting those feet pumping, look out. Because it's, you know, he, he's excellent in the corners. He's excellent from a standstill, but, you know, holding on to pucks, protecting, making plays. But when he's moving and he's skating, it's it's really, really difficult to slow him down. And for Connor, I mean, when he's buzzing like that, and especially when it's just going for him, you, you can just tell early on when he feels it, And when he feels it, he pushes it, which all great players do when they're having one of those nights where things are going well for them. They're just going to continue to attack, continue to push. and I mean, that extended shift in the offensive zone where they eventually scored on Dreisaitl's second goal, um, sorry, McDavid's goal started to go up three-two. Just a just a fantastic sequence of events. To number one, keep possession. Number two, get a change on the fly. Pull your RV. Cassie and McDavid were out there first. Then Drysaddle jumps on the ice fresh, and it's just an extended period of defending. And eventually, the best player in the game decides he's going to take it to the net, and a great goal to finish it off. So. I expect more of that tonight from them. They're just a a dynamic duo that like playing together. And I think it's uh, been on and off this year. So you can see a little more excitement in them when they know they're going to be playing together. I mean, Connor came out of the gates in the warm-up. He had a big smile on his face and he was buzzing. And you just kind of got the feeling he's going to have a game tonight. And both of them put up
0: four points. So, Louie, when you played, I'm going to think because you played Colorado a fair amount, did yeah. you know? Did you know when Forsberg and <laughs> even though Forsberg and Sackic Sand- both yeah. played centers, you know where I'm going with this? Did you so, know yeah. you're in for a long night when those guys were on it? Well, you know,
1: especially in the power play, which is similar to Edmonton too. I mean, they're they're climbing the ranks again. I think they're number two in the league right now. But you know, listen, when you took the penalty against the Avalanche team back then with Forsberg and Sackic and Lynch on the point, I mean, it was you know. <laughs> you were sweating in the penalty box. So right? I just put it that way. You took a bad penalty against the quarter Avalanche back then. It was almost for certain. It was going in the back of the net on the power play. And, and it's just a terrible feeling because you, number one, you want to play the best players as hard as you can. And something that we've seen against the David and dry last night, they played both of them very hard. I mean, especially dry He was taking a lot of cross checks, a lot of shots and, you know, listen, for the Ottawa Sanders, they know they have to play that way against those two guys, especially, but against the whole team and every team they play against. But those guys certainly get extra attention. There's no question about it. And they've been a little more willing to combat that this year and go after it and, and engage and initiate in that. But. It's a fine line for the opposition when you're playing great players like that. How hard do you play against them? Because if you go too far, you take a penalty. And we all know what happens when you get that them on the power play. They're dangerous every single time they're out there. Uh, it was the same back against the Avalanche. And Joe Sakic and Forsberg two of the best when they combined. But, uh, yeah, listen, this is what every team has to deal against, and especially in the North Division this year, what they're dealing against when they it up and put Dreisselman and McDavid on the same line. Um, it's a handful, and it's it's a game changer. It truly is. I mean, it's it's you know they're not going to apologize for having two players of the caliber of those two guys. They're just not because when you have it, you load it up, and it pays off. So Dave Tippett, when he has been able to, has been able to put them together, and then when he hasn't been able to, he's had to split them up, and they've had success that way as well. It just gives him a lot of options. But I can tell you this, Bob, it sure is fun watching when they're together.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. There's no question uh, about that. All right. I want to maybe take a look at a couple other things here. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, three goals, 10 points in his last 20 games. He's probably played at least 14 or 15 of those with Connor McDavid. Do- Dominic Cahoon's got two goals in his last 11 games. That's it. Uh, does, and they, they try, they put R&H Cahoon and Yamamoto together. What did you think of that line yesterday?
1: I there were some spurts where they were doing good things, where they were creating some offense and tracking pucks down. I just don't think enough sustained pressure in the offensive zone. They had one really good shift, though, that I thought maybe could have resulted in um, potentially you know, a goal if, if things would have gone their way. But you know, yeah, listen, uh, they need to be better. They just simply do. And I, I think they would say that themselves. I think they understand that. And especially, and I think that's another reason why Dave Tippett loads up the top line. I truly do. I think that he looks at Dry he looks at McDavid. And let's face it, the four wingers they're playing with right now, typically when they're split up, haven't been lighting it up. So it's a little bit of a, for me, I think Dave Tippett says, okay, you know what, we're going to load these guys up and look what happens. Bang, 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 bang. They score four, you know, four points each. Um, they're all over it all night long. That line with polyarbia on the line, 20 attempted shots on net for the three of them. Uh, you know, like, so it's, it's just, it's an absolute handful of a line to deal with, whether it's polyarbia it could be Yamamoto, you could throw somebody else in there too, which he has. Um, Cassian got a little bit of a, a cycle going with McDavid, which I think he protect, protects the punk very well and could easily jump into that position. But in my opinion, I don't think the wingers... And I know they're creating chances, and I know they do a lot of other great things, but they have to start finishing off some plays. They have to start being dangerous when you're playing with the likes of McDavid or Greisaitl. And I, and I think that's the frustration sometimes that happens. Um, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins, listen, he's back in the center position. He's been wing. He's been center this year. He's been jumping around, but certainly his game needs to elevate. And I think that's what Dave Tippett wants to see from that line. Is a little more elevation because Yamamoto has zero goals in his last eleven as well. Yarvi, you know, has one goal in his last fourteen. So, you know, listen, I understand they're doing a lot of great things away from the puck. I understand they're buzzing, they're forechecking, they're aggressive, and all those great things. But if you want to continue to play on those lines, as we've always talked about, playing with two of the best centermen in the National Hockey League you have to produce. And now for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's running his own line. And there's been some good things and some negative things. I think for Ryan right now, he's just in a little bit of a stretch right now where it's just, he's just not kind of that, doesn't have that sharpness to his game that we're so used to seeing that when he gets those opportunities, it's in the back of the net, he finishes stuff off. And you know what, maybe gripping the stick a little bit because it's a contract year. There's been a lot of discussion about that. I know it can play on players' minds. It certainly does. There's no question about that. But you know, he's been, he, he needs to play better. And I think that's just that's just a fact. And I think he knows that. He's always been a true professional. It's always taken that on himself. And he's got some games to get going here, though. And, and I'm sure Dave Tippett, as we've seen, will start to shuffle things up again and mix and match, just trying to find that right chemistry down the stretch and making sure that they're ready to go.
0: We're joined by Louis DeBrusque. He is our headliner today for Will Hawk. We're going to, Louis, briefly go in to the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. Then we're going to get you to comment on Zach Cassian. But he had this to say on playing left wing for the first time this season. I thought, Yeah, it was good. I've uh,
1: never played it before, but... Uh... Um, there's there's parts of the game where it's a little different than than the right side, but uh, ultimately it's it's not a drastic change. It's just more uh, figuring out little tendencies that uh, can uh, get get the puck a lot easier along the wall and whatnot in the D zone, and um, from there it pretty much is uh, is the same.
0: There you go. That's Zach Cassian, and uh, Zach's an interesting guy, Louis. I think personally, yep. I think he's a player. Given the energy that he plays with and, uh, you know, I, I, you can make an argument. Maybe the game's officiated differently because there's no fans. I think Zach Cassian's game is different because there's no fans. Uh, your thoughts on what we saw the left wing from him yesterday? I think there's a possibility you'll see him occasionally slide in the top six here, especially if the production for employee RV and Yamamoto doesn't increase at some stage. Give me your thoughts on where Zach is at right now.
1: I agree with, with everything you said. I think that he certainly could elevate, but, you know, it's a reward-based system, and here's the thing. The stat that just is glaring to me for Zach Kassian right now was eight of the last ten games he had zero shots. So, I mean, zero shots on net in eight of ten games. He's too good of a player for that to happen. And that's where it starts with me. And I think that that's a, that's the one that he should be focusing on. You know, if I was, you know, talking to Zach Gasson right now, I'm sure that they are saying this to him. Listen, he's just, he's very strong on the puck. He's excellent at protecting. So take that protection skill, take that size and, and, and power that you have, and take that puck to the net more often. Get yourself to the front of the net, drive it there, shoot it there, look for rebounds, hang around the net a little bit more often. Uh, you know, for me, that's when he's playing the strongest games that he's playing. And when he's doing that, it's just a confidence builder. It really is. And listen, like any other player, we've talked about a few players here. It's amazing the team has had the record they've had. When you look at some of the players that are not putting up points the way they should be, respectively, to who they're playing with and the ice time they're getting, but they're finding ways to win. So that's a real positive. But if they want to take that next step and really dig in and be a team that's extremely hard to play against, they need to have guys firing in all cylinders. And that's kind of what Zach said today. Listen, but that's the one glaring one for me that if the one change that I'd like to see in his game is take the strengths that he has and start to have a committed effort to getting that puck to the net. And I just think things will change that when he's driving himself to the net, he's really hard to handle. And I'll even compare him to Leon dry cell. He's one of those guys that can protect the puck extremely well down low in the zone. And, For me, it's just a little, little bit of a a switch that needs to go on in his mentality, thinking of saying, you know, instead of just keeping the perimeter, protecting a puck and looking for a play, start getting that determination to take it to the net. And I just think that if he does that, it'll just become second nature for him. And that's, listen, when he's scoring 15 goals like he did last, that to me is how he plays his best. When he's moving those, those skates, because he's an excellent skater, driving that puck to the net, every chance that he gets, he's just becomes a handful. And you know, I, I see Zach Cassian. you know, we talk a lot about Zach Hyman. We talk a lot about, you know, in this game here, Connor Brown. I don't see any reason why he can't be as effective as a player as those two players. Now, I look at his skill set, his size, the way he can handle a puck, the way he can skate, how strong he is. Those two players right there, we're always talking about just that. Four shots for Brown last night, he scored five straight. But he does it just from grinding and working himself to the good scoring areas. There's no question in my mind that Zach has the capability of doing that. It's just a matter of doing that on a regular basis. And then once you start to do it, it just becomes second nature. You get into a rhythm. He hasn't found that rhythm in a while, um, but there's no question that they're looking for him to do that. Left side's a little different than right. Whenever you're playing your offside, there's always little adjustments in the game you have to make. Um, You're on your backhand side a little more often. But again, he's more prepared for that because I feel he can protect the puck so well along the wall. It'll be interesting because I, I think he's such a vital piece. I think he's such an important piece to what they're trying to achieve and what they can do. And I do believe that when he starts doing that and playing that way, I agree with you, Bob. I think he'll be elevated. I do. I think he'll get his chances up the lineup where he's been before. And he, we all know that he can play on those lines. It's just a matter of him getting that confidence and that consistency to his game. He missed a lot of time. He broke a hand. He's feeling through it. But I think it's time now to step up. And I'm not talking about the physicality and the fighting. I mean, listen – um, he, he's a good enough skater that he, he he's a good player in this league, and I just think that it's a little confidence booster, but if he makes that one little switch, I think it'll do big things for well. him.
0: We're joined by Louis DeBrus, Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Louis played 401 NHL games, uh, racked up 1,161 penalty minutes. Louis, you were with the orders for a number of years, then you resurfaced a little bit later on, spent parts of three seasons with Phoenix tell me this how much do players worry about the trade deadline and obviously it's different now because of twitter and the access to information but did you have guys grinding for information as players back in the day
1: yeah for sure you know we i mean you're always talking about it it's always being discussed you hear the rumors even when we didn't have the the interweb or whatever you want to call it i mean the the platforms today where the information is overload and sometimes i think nowadays that can play even more of a, of a negative aspect of it just because you're hearing about it all the time. And right on cue, Tampa wants to pipe in on the trade deadline day too. But uh, you know what? For me, I just think that, you know, and it was the same back when I played, you, you can only control, you can control. You go out there, you work, you play, but you can hear the noise. I mean, anybody that says they don't pay attention to it or they're not listening to it, they're lying because it's there. And, you know, that's why they're pros though. They, they do put it and they kind of, check it for a while, go out and do the best they can and play the game. But there's no question there's more noise now than there ever has been. Uh, so the players today have to deal with a lot more, in my opinion. I just truly feel that it's impossible to get away from it. But whereas we could kind of hide a little bit, we wouldn't have a clue until a lot of times hours after the trades were made. <laughs> we were, we were, you know, Sometimes the next day, Bob, we, we, we didn't have that information overload coming through the waves like it does now. So it was much different in that regard in the sense that I think you could you knew if you were being talked about, you knew maybe if your game wasn't where it was supposed to be, that you potentially could be moving. But uh, it was more of a rumor, and it was more of a silent rumor than it is today. It's glaring today. It's out there. And a lot of times I think it's false information, too. So you have to kind of – you have to try and navigate through it and push aside the stuff that's maybe real, that's potentially real, and that makes it more difficult, too. But it's been there always. It's just a lot more – it's a lot louder now, I think.
0: All right. So you got a dog named Tampa. You played in Cape. You played in Cape Breton, San Antonio, Las Vegas, Long Beach, Springfield, Quebec, Hamilton, Norfolk, and Hartford. Did you ever think of naming one of your pets after one of those nine minor league stops?
1: What are you saying? You're saying I was a suitcase? No. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Louie, you played 401 more games yeah, in the know, NHL than I did. I'm joking. Here's the thing. You know what? Um, my daughter named her. So okay. you know what? She was she was born in Tampa. You name him
0: Tampa. There you That's go. That's yeah. there you go. That's an awesome name. Then we'll tip your hat to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Louie, Let's stay in touch, my man. All right, take care, bud. You bet. That is Louis DeBras for NHL hockey on Rogers. He joins us every Thursday here on Oilers Now. He was our Oilers Now headliner for Will Beef Jerky. Some guests on our show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Feel for everybody involved uh, that are getting shut down here as we revert back to stage one during the pandemic. We'll take a quick timeout. Come back with NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing and the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now.
1: This is Oilers
0: Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 56 in Edmonton. Fletch from Calgary Texas on the Ashley Five Floors next line. He says McDavid needs more room on the ice tonight. Why not put Cassian back in his line and let Poliarby be playing the third line where he belongs? Zach doesn't need to fight and uh, jeopardize his broken hand, adds Fletch. Uh, not everybody agrees with that perspective. Uh, Troy Nahemi says, Bob, Cassian has five goals since January second of two thousand and twenty. Two between January second and march eleventh with fans. Three since without fans. Stop making the no fans excuses uh, for Zach Cassian. That comes to us from Troy in a hemi and randy says bob if cassie needs fans to get his juices flowing perhaps he should sit with the fans our job is to pay his salary not to motivate him find a pulse zach that one comes to us from randy that's kind of the range that's out there right now as promised we are going to go to nhl today it is presented daily here on oilers now by our friends at elite promotional marketing company branded ppe available including logo masks all created in-house visit ElitePromoMarketing.com. here's brandon escott
2: Zach specifically said in the media availability this morning the fans not being there does dramatically change things. But anyway, uh, nine other games around the league tonight. Your uh, other Canadian content is coming from Montreal where the Canadians host Winnipeg. couple trades to tell you about as well. First, uh, Kyle Palmieri and uh, Travis Zajac moving from New Jersey to Long Island yesterday afternoon. Uh, in exchange for New York's first round pick this year, forwards AJ Greer and uh, Mason Jost and and a conditional fourth-rounder in 2022. Uh, both Paul Mary and Zajac will debut tonight against Philadelphia. Then this morning, Chicago acquired Brett Connolly, 2016 first-rounder Henrik Borgstrom, and defenseman Riley Stillman from Florida in exchange for Lucas Walmark and Lucas Carlson. Drake Kajula hit the waiver wire today as well. 26-year-old with seven points in 27 games so far in Arizona. Uh, Avs defenseman Jacob McDonald, 28-year-old rookie, He's got a hearing with the league this afternoon for an illegal check to the head of Ryan Hartman. Bakersfield hosting back-to-back games at home this weekend, tomorrow against Henderson, Saturday against San Jose. Oil Kings are off until the 16th.
0: All right, we're going to go to the Oilers now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown, injury lawyers. For every goal that the Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We will tell you that uh, we're not 100% sure what's going to happen with the Oilers' forward situation tonight. Uh, or, for that matter, defense. Dave Tippett's saying that there might be a change. Uh, They're looking at a couple things. Obviously, Clefbaum shut down for the season. Cuckoo potentially, I guess, in theory, could return at some stage uh, in the playoffs. Derek Steppen shut down for the year. Shoulder surgery with Ottawa. Uh, Austin Watson's out with a broken hand. Uh, Joey DeCore K- sur- suffered a lower body injury, one of their uh, net miners at will be Forsberg tonight, we believe, against Mike Smith. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in Oilers Now, we'll hook up with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.